0: Welcome to the Gold Standard Podcast here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall,
1: and I'm Adam Vingan at Adam Vingan. But you already knew that.
0: Yes, and pay for good journalism. Go to the Athletic and subscribe. Uh, This will be a very spicy episode, the not safe for work episode (laughs) of the Gold Standard Podcast. Of course, like spicy. Yeah, I do too. And we are recording, of course, on Wednesday morning, following the 6-1 debacle against Tampa Bay. Uh, The players only meeting on Monday evening. We've got a lot to get to. So what we are going to go through today on the show is if we were going to blow up the Predators currently as they are constructed, what would that look like? We will work through that process piece by piece because that seems to be something that fans really want to talk about. We'll have a goalie conversation. Uh, We've got a couple of rapid fire headlines at the end. We'll talk reverse retros, we'll talk Patrick Line A uh, look around the Central Division, but largely, obviously, we will focus on what can these Preds do today if they actually were going to go down the youth route, the rebuild route, the blow-it-all-up-and-try-again route, whatever you want to call that, we're going to go in-depth today on what that process would look like. But Adam, we begin today by telling everybody that we are brought to you by Jaspers. Speaking of spice plenty of spicy, delicious foods at Jasper's. There, There is. Uh, obviously, Jasper's on West End. The next evolution of the sports bar. Casual, approachable, a neighborhood vibe. If perhaps, Adam, after work, one day this week, you were really upset about your favorite hockey team and wanted to blow off some steam, they would have some really spicy food, some delicious food, or not spicy if you don't want spicy and a gold standard cocktail that is named after this podcast that has whiskey in it in case you need to drown your sorrow. I was, I was literally about to say, hey, Predators fans, are you mad? Are you sad? Would, <laughs> you sure like Jasper- <laughs> to, would you like to forget? I'm not sure Jasper's wants to be known as, if you're mad, come hang out with us, please.
1: <laughs> but what I'm saying is that we all know that alcohol is the solution to and the cause of all of life's problems. <laughs> Probably is. So if you are feeling blue... About the state of this team, but you want to drown your sorrows in a delicious fashion. I would suggest trying the gold standard cocktail at Jasper's,
0: and and you also, might as well enjoy it while I, you're doing. I agree, it. and drown yourself in meatballs as well. Or they've got nichos, which are like nachos, but like their version because again, it's elevated sports food.
1: Yeah, your not your hands aren't going to get dirty. It's lamb nichos. barbacoa
0: on some giant chips. It's fantastic, but it's great if you're going to go watch mercifully the Preds play any games coming up in the next week or so yeah so check it out free parking 9,000 square feet really smart place to uh socially distance they got a grab and go market they've got a like a library loungy vibey area where it's got shuffleboard and like a fireplace you can watch the game in case the Preds piss you off you can drink your gold standard cocktail and sit by the fireplace and maybe it calms you down Jaspers it makes you a better person <laughs> come to Jaspers <laughs> all right are we ready to go here Oh, I'm in one this morning. Do, 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 do we have do we have oxygen tanks on standby?
1: I got. I, I slept in my hyperbaric chamber last <laughs> night after the uh, after dealing with predators Twitter all night. Yes, I, two I, consecutive I, nights of dealing with pissed off predators Twitter is something that I would not wish upon my worst enemy.
0: I I tend to agree with you. So let's get started with I I guess for a second here before we get into what the the plan would be if the team were to go down the path of blowing up the team, which we're not saying we're, that they should yet, but if they, if we, if we were going to go down that path, we'll get to that. Uh, is there anything to be said since the last time you and I convened, um, they hate, they lost. I think they went one in three since the last time we convened, they won the crate. They need three miracles to beat Florida six to five on Thursday night. They lost two, one, they lost four, one on Monday, and then they got boat raced six to one in what, I think they tried to make a wrestling match on Tuesday night. It turned into them getting tapped out in like the first period. Um, is there anything to be said about like, does anyone need to know anything about how the team has played other than they suck right now?
1: No. I mean, they were two minutes from a six game losing streak. If not for some heroics in the final minutes against Florida, they would have lost six consecutive regulation games
0: um so chew on that 27 goals in those games they've given up
1: yeah that sounds about right um, it, no it, it's right no uh, yes <laughs> it, it, it you know i didn't have the exact number in front of me but it sounds right just the the <laughs> sheer force of goals against but right. look this is the same thing we talked about i don't know if this was last week or the week before i think it was last it's week.
0: all running together Adam. yeah
1: it's all running together <laughs> what were you expecting yeah i, mean, I know that you were probably expecting a little bit more. You were expecting them to be a little bit more competitive, and you were hoping for, you know, at least an entertaining season. Like I said, unless you're a masochist, which I am when it comes to dealing with all of you. Just kidding. Love you, mean it.
0: Apparently, the goal. <laughs> love you, mean it. That's good. Apparently, the gold standard podcast is very into masochism (laughs) because I I live in the Twitter sewers as well, and it's not healthy.
1: No, it's it's we need to we need to climb out of the sewers. (laughs) We're like we're like Pennywise with
0: the with the red balloon. Where oh wow. So so in an effort to better ourselves by climbing out of the Twitter sewers, we're going to abduct and eat children.
1: It it might be more (laughs) entertaining than watching this team on a day to day basis.
0: You make a valid point, Adam. Do I do
1: not condone. Eating children. <laughs> Disclaimer. What about drinking their blood? No, I'm not Army <laughs> Hammer. There's a pop culture. Co- oh, that's right. There's, no, a, there's a I pop culture know. reference. For I get you. that. I get that one. I get that. Yes, one. I'm not a cannibal. I don't advise eating children. He's just
0: into ribs. Human ribs. It's not that big a deal, I is mean, it? Who
1: who doesn't love a nice set of ribs? Whether it's. From can, a pig or a woman. Can I
0: do a, can I do a sidebar? Sidebar? You do my, this to me all that's the time.
1: The, the, that's my bit, but yes, I'll let you borrow it. Sidebar
0: for everyone. I don't know who Army Hammer is. It's, He's an actor. It's, it's, I know. I don't actually know. He's just a... It's like a cleaning solution, but... <laughs> I, I thought it was a baking soda. Same thing. Here, Here's the deal. <laughs> you cannot, in one breath, complain about a guy who's into something weird consensually with someone, if it's consensual. And and then also make Fifty Shades of Grey the best-selling book in like American history,
1: and then make three movies out of it. You can't you can't be
0: both. You can't you got to pick one. You can't rip on a guy for being into weird stuff and then going and buying the book that is into weird stuff. I don't, just an observation and sidebar. All right, we're we're done being masochists for the for the time being. Don't eat children. We are anti-eating children yes. on the show. If that's a stance you need to take, we are against eating children. All right, players only meeting before we discuss this let's hear from Roman Yossi about this um well with all due respect Adam I'm I'm not going to discuss what what was said um but um obviously we're 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 not playing playing up to our potential right now um it's pretty obvious and uh we need to we need to find a way to get out of this it's it's such a short season um so yeah, we talked amongst players and we just, we, we got to stick together and find a way, find a way out of this. First of all, uh, we're going to use Roman Yossi using your name on the show for the rest of the existence of the show. Is that a drop? Is that yes, our first that, drop? That'll be a drop on the show from now on. Um, I, here's my first observation, or I guess two. Number one, has the players only meeting ever worked in any sport ever? No. And number two, uh, that is as spicy and as angry and as pissed off as Roman Yossi gets, and it is still one of the most respectful responses I have ever heard from a professional athlete in my life.
1: I was kind of hoping he would unleash on me, like I can. I, and you go viral, right? Like, not that that's not that that matters to me, but like, I would I would take one for the team if I if I had to. <laughs> but what's funny is is that I tweeted after I tweeted after that that. To Something to the effect of, this is the most irritated I've seen Roman Yossi in six years, which is how long I've been around Roman Yossi. And, of course, I got replies that, well, maybe that's the problem. It took him this long to get mad. Like, ugh, gross. Like, <laughs> you people are impossible. Um, it, it's the internet, Adam. Yes, it is the internet. But, yes, you're right. Even at perhaps his angriest, he's still quite polite. <laughs> right. He could have said, screw you, Adam, kiss my Swiss ass. I'm not answering your stupid question. <laughs> Talk about going viral, man. Can you imagine seeing Roman Yossi
0: like pissed, really actually pissed off?
1: If if he would have actually said that, there would have been a shirt at Project 615 within minutes. Oh, oh I... quick kiss my Swiss ass. Yes.
0: I... <laughs> That's a fantastic shirt. We should have that one on our own platform here. So I don't like what, like did the coaches have their own meeting too? Like I, I just don't. I, I literally cannot remember a time where a players only meeting led to like a championship run or something or success or turning the ship around or whatever sports cliche you want. I, I just don't, I don't know what, like, I, I guess players need to, but can't players just sort of meet on their own all the time, like on the plane and have conversations in the hotel. Like, I guess, you I guess know, like, there's
1: just some sort, there's just something symbolic about
0: okay.
1: we're going to sit in this room longer than we have to. And we're going to air our grievances. <laughs> I mean, the only difference, you know, for us as journalists is that instead of standing outside the dressing room awkwardly, we're sitting on Zoom awkwardly. Right. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Look, and we're going to talk about this coming up. This is what I've been saying all along. This team is not very good. They weren't supposed to be good. Perhaps they're worse than even I thought they would be. And that's why you're mad. But they're not very good. Like... The sometimes, though, and we'll talk and this and this might lead into our discussion about like how we how that we think they fix it. Like, I, I can't remember. I think it might have been it might have been last season before the, the NHL had to hit pause on the season and everything changed. When we still thought we were going to have an 82 game season and no pandemic and the Predators were at risk of missing the playoffs. I think I said something to the effect of like missing the playoffs might actually be the best thing to happen to this franchise because they can't. They can't say, well, we made the playoffs, so we're going to keep going the way that we're going. Sometimes it takes like a huge slap in the face for a team to change course.
0: Perhaps a pee-pee whacking.
1: Yes. Yeah. So last night. (laughs) Okay. A good pee-pee whacking. So last night I asked Philip Forsberg, you know, mustachioed Philip Forsberg, um, (laughs) So Roman on Monday said that the team is not playing up to its potential, which I disagree with. I think this team is playing to its potential, which is bad. So I asked Philip, Roman said last night that this team is not playing up to its potential, but is it possible that this is this team's potential? Mm. And, he, and he ducked the question. I mean, I didn't expect him to say yes because he wasn't going to admit it. But hey, it had to suck. Be, it had to be asked. And I got a tweet uh, from someone who was listening to the press conference who gave me an attaboy for asking the question and then said this team deserves to have, you know, this, this team deserves some peepee whacks every once in a while <laughs> to which I quote, which to I you, guess is they're saying like a nut shot. Yeah. Is that like, what this saying? team like, needs a swift kick in the balls every yeah, once in a while. Yeah. And to which it's someone is, he, he said, peepee whacking to which I replied. Good thing. I took peepee <laughs> whacking one oh one in journalism school. They teach it right away. As like. you might imagine, my, my mentions blew up about, you know, single guys in college. Everyone does a little pee-pee-whacking. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Listen, I told you this was a not safe for work episode, okay? I told you this. La- I mean, this like, is not for the faint of heart. Well, okay? most of
1: you are working from home. So you it's snowflakes.
0: Not, All right. Hey, most of you
1: are working from home. But if you're working in the uh. proximity of small children, now would be a good time to have them <laughs> right. leave the room. Do not eat them. Just lead them somewhere else put on unattended. <laughs> i don't know what what shows do your girls like to watch
0: um they're big on the they're big on the the disney plus they're big on the plus they just watch all the movies uh and everything I, they like the dirty and stinky show which is a great name for a show what yeah it's on amazon it's great it's about is that a, like a sequel to ren and stempy uh no, no no it's far tamer than that oh. <laughs> it's about a garbage truck and a and like a and like a, a, a an excavator that are like buddies it's actually quite entertaining hmm. um so, Dirty and Sneaky Show, which is basically this program. <laughs> Sounds like something that should be on Adult Swim, not on Amazon. Exactly. Product. Like, if they just tweaked the, the writing on it, yeah. it could absolutely be on Adult Swim. Anyway. Um, which, by the way, C-Lab and Aqua Team Hunger Force, right up my alley. I was so.
1: never an Aqua Team Hunger
0: Force guy. Come on. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway. All right. So, do you want to get into... Do you have anything more to add about the pee-pee-whacking, the players-only meeting, or how the team played so that we can get on to beginning to discuss if we're going to f- try to fix all this stuff... So here's the first question I have for you, because you said it almost would be good for this team not to make the playoffs. They're it's- not going to
1: make the playoffs. I just want I just I'm going to go ahead and say this now, and and you can use this as another drop when the time comes. This team isn't making the playoffs. I'm sorry, it's not happening. Not
0: as it's currently constructed. It's
1: not. It, they're not making the playoffs. It's just not happening. I, I think they'll I think they'll get out of this. I've seen worse. I mean, I covered the Washington Capitals several years ago, the year they played in the Winter Classic. So I guess that would have been the 2010-11 season. We're leading into this, leading into the Classic. It was, of course, showcased on HBO twenty four seven. I think they lost eight or nine in a row in regulation, or something like that. And they Yikes. figured it out. Yikes. I mean, I think it can. I think they can get out of this. I, I don't think they're going to continue to pile up regulation losses. Um, like,
0: Tampa's fucking good. Yes. Okay? Let's be honest. Like, Tampa is great. I and mean, you ran into Tampa saw, at the wrong time. What we
1: saw last night was like the Harlem Globetrotters versus the Washington right. Generals. Right. It would. So. This team is not making the playoffs. I'm declaring it now. Um, (laughs) So... It's not happening.
0: I I don't have a problem with that. Uh, That would be below our preseason prognostications and expectations. So we do have to admit that we thought, all right, four seed. Maybe they're now like a five or a six seed. Maybe even worse, potentially, with Chicago scoring goals. Here's my... Along those lines, though, is it weird to feel the same way about Ryan Johansson? That it's almost a good thing that he's out of the lineup so that you can see what the team looks like without him. It's never good to take a guy like that off the team he is clearly extremely durable. He's rarely misses time, which is a really commendable trait in, as as a player for Ryan Johansson. And, and we've given him a lot of hard hard grief here on the show. But is there almost some silver lining to him being out in the middle of this? Because you can say, look, he- here's what we look like if he's not available. Here's what we look like if we do begin the rebuild. Because he's probably one of the first pieces that we would talk about if you're going to go through the rebuild. Correct? Yeah. Is there some? Do you see what I'm saying? Like. You're, you're saying that missing be, the playoffs is a good thing.
1: It's sort of a be careful what you wish for situation. Yeah. Um, I still think that the best the best path forward is to find a way, and we'll talk about this, to to get rid of one of your $8 million anchors in the middle of your lineup. Um. But do you really want Luke Cunning as your number two center, which he was last night for some reason, or Colton Sissons as your number two center? No. At least Ryan Johansson is better than those guys. Right. Anyway, let's go.
0: All right. If we are going to blow up the Nashville Predators, this is where we're going to start this conversation. Figuratively. We're F- not literally figurative. blowing them up. <laughs> we are not eating children, and we are not going to... It's too soon to make a bomb joke. Yes, it is. I'm sorry. Um, that was important. All right. So ha- <sighs> we're going to start with the top, and we're going to work our way down. We're going to explain who the kids are when we talk about the youth movement. We're going to talk about which players we are going to keep. We are going to talk about... When and how to evaluate John Hines, when and how to evaluate and, and use the expansion draft, which you can we all if you've listened to this show, you know where we're gonna go with that. Um and then of course we've got to begin with David Poyle. So Adam, we'll start at the top in the front office. This is the gold standard rebuild, and we are in charge. We we are the ownership group now of the National Predators. Let's start with David Poyle. And I, I think We all agree that most of the blame for where this roster currently is since the Stanley Cup run probably hangs around David Poyle's neck to some degree, if not all of it. Um, We'll get to how much blame you want to place where. The question I have is we started the season with saying there's a two-year window for David Poyle to prove that this is a fix, that he's fixed the problem. Four consecutive years of bad hockey, and if they miss the playoffs, it'll be five. Have you changed your opinion on what should happen with the timetable on David Poyle? Is this something that needs to happen before the end of the season, in the middle of the season, or is this something that needs to happen at the end of the season?
1: Yes, I have changed my opinion, and it needs to happen in the offseason. I just, you know, I have been wrong before, uh, but I just can't envision a scenario where David is not in charge of this team through the rest of the season um that you know when when you have been a general manager for as long as he has for this specific franchise I don't think you shoo him out the door in the middle of a season I think you I think you give him more of a
0: how how about this you have have to you I agree with you the question I have is does David Poyle give you the best chance to make all the moves we're about to talk about or does someone else give you a better chance to do that? That's my question, because David Poyle has all the relationships around the league, right? Well, they're I'm assuming Brian Poyle does too, who seems like he'd be the most logical yes, short term interim at least for the, the yes, season. Yes,
1: But I believe the fan base would revolt if I, it just went from David to
0: Brian. I, I tend to agree. Um but, but does that question make sense?
1: Yes. And and I can I can see both sides of it in the sense that if you are unsure if David Poyle should be the general manager of this team, why would you allow him to continue to be the GM through the season and make the moves? I can see that, but I just don't, it's hard for me to envision a scenario in which he doesn't get the rest of the season. Like off season, I think it should absolutely be on the table. They, that they should make a change in that position, but and and this is this is a this this was a um, this was a comment that was left to me by a reader on the athletic frank a to be specific so frank a <laughs> if you're listening shout out good stuff he wondered aloud if if the predators had a more front facing owner or even a singular owner versus a conglomerate of ownership because it's a it's a group it's an ownership group Versus one guy or two guys who own the team. Um, now, of course— Or there, an Amy Adams Strunk. Yes. Is what you're saying. There's not—in there's not a in hockey terms, there's not a Ted Leonsis in Washington right. or a Tom Dundon in Carolina or, you know, God forbid, a Eugene Melnick in Ottawa. But Frank wondered aloud— Terrible name. Yes. If Frank wondered aloud if the Predators had an owner like that, would they be more inclined to make a move on David— or would he, David even be in the job anymore. And that's not a question I can definitively answer, but it was interesting to me. Just the thought of it was interesting. Yeah. So
0: you like, want to you, you want to know what I would do if I was if do? I was that singular owner you're talking about, I would have a one-on-one meeting with David Poyle and nobody else. Mm-hmm. And I would say, "Look, you're going to we're going to we're going to give you a soft, you know, temperate mattress to land on at the end of the year, but you're no longer going to be the general manager of this team at the end of the season." We're not going to tell anybody that it's between you and me, but from now on, I want you to collect assets, do everything in your power to collect assets. We're not, we're going to, we're not going to put out any statements. We're not going to announce anything. This is all between you and I go out and collect assets, begin the rebuild process, and you are going to gracefully fade away in the, at the end of the off season, we'll have a big celebration for you at the start of next year. And we are going to begin our general manager search today quietly on the down low. That is what I would do if I was the the person you're talking about. Yeah. Does that make I, sense?
1: Yes, it does. I mean, in that in, in that scenario, I would be, you know basically say I would do the same thing. I would basically say you are going to do what I tell you to do, <laughs> right. and I this team like, heal. Yes, <laughs> that's because like I I do not know. Or we can do this publicly, David. Right. I do not know <laughs> how much say. Ownership has I mean My assumption Is that They're fairly hands off You know David is GM and president Of hockey operations And I believe They leave it to him To make the decision You know It was David's decision I believe To fire Peter Laviolette Like I don't Like you know I'm sure he, he Of course consults With ownership In those situations But I think They leave the You know the Decisions to him They leave the decisions To him to make and, and this is something that I want to do more research on. Um, but, um, but, like, I I think that, like, there are there are fans who believe that David is so hell bent on winning a Stanley Cup before he's done that he's he's throwing the future away just to win a Stanley Cup so that he can have one. I don't. I I, I don't I don't agree with.
0: that. I don't agree with that this offseason. But I do. He, he just tried a different thing. But and it I sucked. do
1: believe that. <laughs> He has, through the past several years, made moves that have set this franchise back. Um, we talked about this, I think, last week. I can't. I do not believe he has made a move that has worked out for the Predators since he traded for PK Subban.
0: Oh, um, does the signing Mikhail Granlund this year count? <laughs> I mean,
1: <laughs> Mikhail Granlund's play, playing very well, but you know. It wasn't like that. Uh, I, I see what you're saying. B-
0: big move. Right. Like does the, it make the team better dramatically? The team has gotten worse.
1: Yeah. They mortgaged the future. Um it's Does it's,
0: drafting Askarov count?
1: Well see that's that's the point that I made to, to, to a reader that mentioned to me um
0: Who's the goaltender? Of course they drafted yes. in the first round.
1: Like if David Poi was so hell bent on winning a Stanley Cup, he wouldn't have drafted a goaltender that's yeah. that's not going to be here for two or three years.
0: I I don't think you can take the, you can take the GM out of the office. I don't think you can take the GM out of the guy. Right. Like, I think he's always going to see it as how do I build? Right. Right. And so again, it sounds like we're in agreement here. Moving on him in the middle of the season doesn't, I don't know what, what it benefits you other than throwing red meat to the fans. I don't know what it benefits you because you have to think that he can work under a directive to do something. And if there's a directive, wouldn't he still be the most qualified guy to execute the re- to begin the first stage of the rebuild, so that, that's where I, I fall on that. Yeah, John Hines. And I know you tweeted about this last night. And I, I the fans always in every sport are going to go right to the coaching staff and they're going to look at the head coach and they're going to go, What's going on? I, I don't think this is one of those situations. I've been very clear on this. John Hines has been a coach for half of a season with a pandemic breaking it up twice with no training camp and a new roster. He may not be the answer. They may need a new coach. I don't know why firing him now does anything to help your franchise. I I don't see the value. Yes, I don't. I don't. John
1: Hines, including the postseason, has coached forty-five games for this franchise over the course of thirteen months. Keep in mind, he has also not presided over a full-length training camp. So, I so I look so. This is my theory, and I think, and I'm writing something to this effect. In the coming days, hopefully, we'll be out tomorrow. What's tomorrow? Thursday. Um,
0: if you're on, listening to this on Thursday, today yes, it's today. <laughs>
1: Congratulations!
0: You may have already read it. You made it to Thursday. You made
1: it to Thursday. <laughs> you survived. Um, I think that this French. I think. Let me start this again. I think that John is doing the best he can with the with the team he has. I am.
0: He is up shit's creek, uh-huh. without anything to work with right now. And I don't know how you evaluate. Again, I'll stick with this. I don't know how you evaluate him. So here's what I'm okay with. If we're going to stick with our ownership and we're in charge, Adam, you've given David Poyle the directive to make moves, to gain assets, to to move pieces. We'll get to those pieces in a second. To me, it makes the most sense to have hired the new general manager before making the coaching change. If you're going to move on Poyle in the off season, to me, it makes sense to have that person in place to then conduct the next coaching search. It's yeah, like a-
1: it's always interesting. You see it in sports in different ways. You see sometimes a new GM comes in and then they hire their coach or sometimes the coach is still there and the new GM comes in and there's an evaluation. Um, I don't put this at the feet of John Hines. Now, look, we watched the game last night. It was quite the interesting forward lineup. <laughs> I um you know, he was asked about Ellie Tolvenin specifically and why that, he wasn't in we'll the We'll get lineup. to
0: that one. That one made no sense. But to
1: me. here's the thing, and maybe I'm I'm spoiling this ahead of time. Um Spoil away. Um but anyway, the point being is that um Ellie Tolvenin wasn't going to make a huge difference in that game last night. Now I get he has more offensive uh potential than Sean Malone, but it wasn't uh it wasn't um
0: it was not the forward, the, the second line forwards' problem last night. The fact that there were wide open backside empty nets with tic tac toe passing, without any pressure, was the issue. The defense is the issue. I, you know, we, we'll talk about Soros versus Rena here in a minute, but like Fabro with another what the fuck moment last night. He's like, having a what rough are line. you doing, dude?
1: He's having a rough one. He's having a rough season. So.
0: Our decision, our decision is to give David Poyle a directive to start rebuilding, and he's gone at the end of the season. Yes. John Hines. He, allow the new general manager to evaluate John Hines at the end of the season? Yes. Is that what our directive is as ownership? Yes.
1: Like, if – like, how – David Poyle had one coach here for, what, 15 years? 14 years? 15 years? If he were to fire John Hines, that means he's fired two coaches in a year. He's, he's, and that, base, that one admits that he made a mistake – by hiring John in the first place and your mileage may vary on that. And you might say, well, it was a mistake, but like it, it does, it's not good optics to fire a coach after that long. And then basically David Poyle's last Trump, you know, last, you know, Trump card is gone. Um,
0: this I, is I, why you'd conduct a search for the new general manager and let that person evaluate John Hines. That's my,
1: that's that, yeah. I mean. I, I, but I, I don't give, I, I, I just look at John Hines and you know, I think I, I, I must feel like his hands are tied. Like, I don't think there are any coaches in this league or even some out of work like let's think of some coaches who are currently out of work NHL coaches Bruce Boudreaux, Gerard Gallant
0: so we can get to the playoffs and lose every year
1: <laughs> but like yeah. I don't think Gerard Gallant and I is going to get more out of this group than John did like I really don't I I think that um,
0: this is not a good collection of players. No, it's that's it's, the point. <laughs>
1: right? It doesn't matter who's like if the t- if the team isn't good, it doesn't matter who the coach is. It really doesn't. I, like I, I agree. don't, I do not believe that John Hines is holding this group back. <laughs> like I don't think like this that John Hines is stifling this group's creativity or stifling <laughs> their talent. They're 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 a flawed roster, and John is trying to make the best out of a bad situation. I mean. You know, now I'll be called a you know a a, 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 a apologist, apologist. <laughs> um, but that's just well, my honest th- opinion.
0: There's just reality. Like there's just reality. Like these guys are not. How many? Are there are a bunch of thirty goal scorers everywhere that John Hines is, is 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 holding back because he's not allowing them to play. Like what are we talking about here? I, I don't know. That to me, John Hines' first point of evaluation is going to be at the end of the season. Again, he may not be the answer. He's not he might not be the head coach for this team. He may not be the guy to, to move them forward. I, I don't know, but how about we let the professionals decide that? You know, like the general manager, and maybe that's the new general manager. The gold standard is brought to you by Jaspers on West End. A fantastic culinary experience, Adam, if you will. If you like going to watch a game and you need a good place to hang. Go to Jasper's on West End. they got free parking, 9,000 square feet, an elevated sports bar menu. The next evolution of the sports bar. We've got our own cocktail. The Gold Standard is a whiskey drink there. It's very refreshing, very light in case you're watching a bad Preds team. It's a nice cocktail. And, you know, I know that other people are very jealous, Adam, that we have a a cocktail.
1: Yeah. I'm aware that I was told I was on some unclassy shit last week. (laughs) Quote, unquote. Like, don't hate the player. Hate the game. I, you know, we're very marketable. That isn't to say that the fringe element isn't. It is quite marketable. Um, <laughs> I but think the, this
0: is more unclassy stuff here from you. I feel like taking shots I at I Aaron. I feel Dugan, like it's good to have the like, fringe element an inter,
1: like an intra podcast network
0: feud. I think beef is good.
1: Like I think and, and
0: great burger, by the way, from Jasper's yeah. good and beef.
1: I, and I like Aaron. I think she does a great job. I think she's on top of her stuff. I think your podcast with her is great. Even as even as someone who does not uh, classify himself as a college football fan, um, I do find it very interesting. Uh, you use some weird words in there, like "flesh bomb," whatever, I, <laughs> flesh I, whatever bomb. that means. That sounds gross. Um, sounds like something <laughs> I learned. It's like in, a human missile. Sounds like I learned something in pee whacking one oh one. and one. Jasper, Jasper's, but but anyway, no, it's not just the gold standard. You know, I my wife Bridget uh, does not eat meat. Um, and there are plenty of delicious um, vegan or vegetarian friendly options at Jasper's. I think of the the Kala Poppers, they're called. Very good. You know the tempura cauliflower, Ooh. which is something I like to make at home. We like to make that at home. Um, we are not excellent chefs, though. Um, yeah. well, not to the to the level of of professional chefs, that is. Um, so their Kala Poppers are delicious. Um, I eat meat, though, so I boy. am I am happy to eat wings and meatballs and burgers and all of those oh. things
0: but it's here's the thing it's all that reg, that sort of stuff you expect at a place to go watch the game but it's all a little bit better it's all it's all up a notch so instead of regular nachos you get nichos. and right. instead of like meat out of a a trunk uh, you get Barba- lamb barbacoa. When you say meat, on meat your out of a tr-
1: did you you watch? I have to imagine you watch Tiger King, right? Yes, I have. But you, they fed the tigers with like expired
0: Walmart oh, meat, God. so that
1: when you say a trunk full of meat, yeah, I think of that. I was but wondering,
0: like, I was wondering where you are going to land the plane it, here yes. to get us back to Jasper's, but right. like, uh, but, okay, I see what you, you did You know, there. as
1: someone, you know, as someone who has an affinity—I mean, everybody has an affinity for the for the city of New Orleans, Louisiana—but mm-hmm. I have a particular affinity. Uh, for the city of New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, so the Creole roll on the yes. uh, on the menu with the Louisiana crawfish and shrimp on oh. the potato roll, kind of po' boy-ish. Oh, love, it's so good. Love a good po' boy. My wife
0: and I are also obsessed with New Orleans. What's co- not to co- love? Yeah, dude. Like, And nothing in the quarter either. Don't go anywhere in the quarter. I'll give you like 15 recommendations outside of the quarter where you go eat. My, yeah, my best, sister, best place to my eat in the world, sister went to, Outside my, of Jasper's.
1: My sister, yes. My sister went to Tulane quite familiar with the city as most of you might know big saints fan my dad and i make the customary walk up and down bourbon street um i remember a couple of years ago um we were walking down the street um and jaspers uh, jaspers we're getting back to jaspers (laughs) but i just want to tell this story quickly quickly so we were we were walking down the street and uh, we were by the uh, the Hustler Club, the barely, Larry Flynn Hustler Club, barely legal. And there was <laughs> Jasper's! Jasper's, and then there was a, a woman who was trying to, uh, you know, oh, oh usher, w- you know, usher men into the club. That's a job, you know. They had a they had a woman, scantily clad <laughs> woman. A hostess. I'm getting there. Okay. Um, they had a scantily clad woman who was trying to <laughs> usher us into the club. We we said thanks, but no thanks. And I swear to God, as I walked away, she took a big grab of my ass. Nice. Come to Jasper's where you can get the Creole roll without getting your ass grabbed. Nice.
0: Yes. We are anti-ass grabbing in public without consent. Yes. Come to Jasper's.
1: They're going to hate us. We're getting, every story has a point to it. Yes. Basically, I'm saying I can enjoy a New Orleans style meal without having my tushy squeezed (laughs) by a stranger. And that's not a bad thing. Because that doesn't fly at Jaspers. Jaspers doesn't allow strange tushy squeezing. That's the new... Tushy squeeze is the new cocktail at Jaspers.
0: The Gold Standard, brought to you by Jaspers. All right, here's my question as we begin to, to talk about the rebuild from David Poyle. He's been given the directive. John Hines will be evaluated at the end of the year. That's our plan so far as ownership. Our directive to David Poyle is to collect as many assets as possible. Who are you keeping? Who are the untouchables on the roster that you are keeping to then use as the core centerpieces of the rebuild?
1: I am using Roman Yossi. Agree. Ryan Ellis. Agree. Philip Forsberg. Agree. Victor Arvidsson.
0: Ooh. Really? Yes. Why?
1: I think you need you need veterans. Like, look, we talked about this team having no scoring talent. At least F- Arvidsson has some. He hasn't been having a great season, but at least he has it. I mean.
0: What is he worth? In said, a tra- you know in what, the trade.
1: Well, he's got You know, he's under contract for, you know, what, three, four more years. He's got a manageable cap hit. He's scored 30 goals in the league, but, you know, he's sort of been on the decline over the last couple of years. I think his uh, playing style is coming back to bite him in the ass.
0: I hate that I want to trade him.
1: He's not. He's I hate like, that I want to trade him. He's not. Like, I think of. He, I think of he he doesn't take as much of a beating now as he did, you know, in years previous. It is inevitable. But Adam. like he's not Patrick Hornquist. He's not Wayne Simmons. Like he's not built to be, you know, to be getting his ass handed to him, you know, and checked around all the time. He's a little dude.
0: This this is my I hate that I want to trade him cuz I want him on I want I want my daughters to grow up like Victor Arvidson. Like that's how much I love him. I I don't see him his body is only going to go one direction in this league, and right now you might be able to get more for him than you're ever going to get for him in the in the future. And don't get me wrong, you might need some scoring if you want to rebuild. I get it, but if we're blowing this thing up, how many assets are going to give you something better than Victor Arvidsson in return?
1: Here, this is my plan. Here's my here's my PowerPoint presentation.
0: Do, do, can I put goal? Do I put goaltenders on the list of like not trading? Like you can't get rid of Saros because like he's your only option right now, right? And, yeah. And Rene might be gone. So right. like
1: so here's here's my here's my here's my plan. One, I trade every veteran on an expiring contract. I trade Mikhail Granland. I trade Eric Halla. I trade Brad Richardson. Those are the types of veterans agree, agree, that agree. teams in contention love at the deadline. Yep. Like Brad Richardson, you know, thirty five years old, won a Stanley Cup, wins defensive zone face offs. Like they're hockey men love players like Brad Richardson. So you can get like a fifth round pick for him. It's not nothing. Sure. So you trade, you trade Granlund, which they didn't do last year. You trade Hollow, and you trade Richardson. That's and, Gra- step- and Granlund's
0: value has gone up. Yes, it has because his contract is cheaper and he's producing more. Yes. So
1: that's step number one. Here's the difficult. Here, here's might be okay. here might be the most difficult one. I sell Matthias Ekholm to the highest bidder, and agreed. Like I think of a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs that have been thirsting for defense. They have. A they have a superstar forward core. Your Austin Matthews and your Mitch Marners and your John Tavares's and your William Nylanders. Their defenses have been, eh, you know. They've got Morgan Riley. They've got Jake Muzzin. They've got TJ Brody. But they could they would love Matias Ekholm. And they're really good this year. Like that's a win now move. Yep. You you can get a, I bet you could get a first round pick and more for Matthias Ekholm. It also I simplifies agree. it also simplifies the um it also simplifies the uh expansion draft question by by trading Matthias Eckholm. So I do that. Arvidsson's the same way though.
0: It does. Arvidson. But it's but like I don't if, think you're gonna get as much for Arvidsson you, as you right. would for Eckholm. But obviously. if you
1: trade Eckholm, you can do the seven, three, and one. You can protect seven four. Dante
0: Fabro is worth protecting?
1: He's I mean, <laughs> they gotta have a young defenseman somewhere. I'm only kidding. So I'm only kidding. so that's what I do. So the, that's right, my first, so that's my that's my that's my deadline plan. That, uh, what about Nick
0: Cousins? What about Colton Scissors? Callie Yarncroke?
1: but you do need players to expose in the expansion draft. Like that's why you need like a Nick Cousins and you need a Cali Yarn That's or, where we are, huh? Yeah, you like but, we're gonna keep
0: Nick Cousins so that he can be exposed in the need, expansion draft. But you draft. need you need <laughs> to do that. No, I know, I, I know, you're right. So what about Duchesne? Is Duchesne on your build around list? Because we'll get to Johansson in a second. But is Duchesne... On your build around list because he's under contract and he's going to be hard to move. And you could you get something for him? I, I don't. I don't. shane's the tricky one that I could see both sides of it. I can see trading him. I'll, you also need a center on the team to build around at some point because we're get again we'll get to 2nd I'll answer in a your second.
1: question. I'll answer both questions with the same answer. So I talked about trading Hollow, Granlin, Richardson, and Eckholm. Let's say out of that you get five draft picks. Let's just say you get maybe like a second. Well, let's get a second and a third for Granlund and you get a fifth for Holla and you get a sixth for Richardson and you get a first and something else for Eckholm. So you take that second, you take that third, you take that sixth and you go to Seattle and you say to Kraken GM Ron Francis, if you're David Poyle or whomever who's ever in charge at the time, here are these assets Please take one of Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne. Your choice. Take one of them. Which
0: one would you want to get rid of the first?
1: Uh, I would get rid of... Ooh, that's a good question. If he comes
0: back to you and says, which one do you want to give me?
1: Quite frankly, I would get rid of Johansson.
0: I, I hate that I agree with that because I think he's better at his best than Duchesne. than Duchesne. But Duchesne's more consistent right now. I
1: would I would say, here's a second, here's a third, here's a sixth, please Take so, so, Ryan Johansson. So
0: let's back up. You don't think that Ryan Johansson or Matt Duchesne are worth anything at the trade deadline this year?
1: Good luck trading an eight, million, I, I know, uh, I know. $8 billion player with five years left on this deal who can't score.
0: I know. I know. So just zero worth, zero value. I, I, I think Good they have job, David value Poyle. in the trade, de- Good uh, the trade job deadline. Good job on those contracts there, buddy. Um, All right. So then we've gotten rid of Ryan Johansson at the deadline. We've traded—excuse me, at, at the expansion draft. We've gotten rid of Hala Richardson, and Granlund opening up like four spots. That means Duchesne is on the roster and part of the building pieces that we're talking about. So you've got Yossi, Forsberg, Duchesne, Ellis, Saros, Arvidsson, Fabro, all still as the core on the team. So,
1: and then with whichever center I traded, whichever center I didn't trade becomes the first line center. Yep. Philip Tomasino, second line center. Okay.
0: That's, this is the question I want to, I have now, as we evolve into the next phase of this conversation. Blow it all up and let the kids play. W- what is the list of kids? Because on Tuesday night, Yakov Trenin, Michael McCarron, and Matthew Olivier... Well, I don't
1: really consider McCarron a kid. He's like 26. That's
0: true. They, but they weren't the fourth line. They were the third line. Yes. So if you want to call... The kids, the ones who are inexperienced, who haven't played a lot, that are sort of working their way. Let's find out who they are. Let's find out what they can do. Let's learn about their skills. Yes. Obviously, the big two are Ellie Tolvanen and Philip Tomasino. I understand those two. And then
1: after that? But everybody
0: else is already still a kid, potentially. So who are the rest of these kids? Alex Carrier?
1: Alex Carrier. Jeremy Davies? Jeremy Davies. Rem Pitlick.
0: Okay. um, I like that
1: you know depending on
0: is Rocco Grimaldi an automatic second line winger now like what <laughs> are we what are we talking about
1: Roc- Rocco Grimaldi is to John Hines um as Kyle Turris was to Peter Laviolette <laughs> um
0: I feel so bad for a little Rocco SA, there's
1: your SAT analogy um so yes Tolvanen um Tomasino Pitlick Carrier Davies um depending on what you think of his future Igor Afanasiev. um Trennan. Trennan. Um, those are the kids. Like, we don't
0: need to learn about Cali Yarncroak or Colton Sissons. Yeah, <laughs> like we I'm, know who I'm they are. I'm tired of I – mean, I, like, know, I know you Callie are. Cali to me, like <sighs> – Don't you feel like he's, though – If you're a team like Vegas or one of these teams, like, don't you feel like he could you could get something back for Croak Because he kind of can do a little bit of everything, and he sits on your bench and can kind of fill in where needed. Let,
1: let, let me talk about the contract. We talk about all the bad contracts. You know, We talk about Johansson. We talk about Duchesne. Let's for a minute talk about Colton Sissons' contract. I mean, like here, here's something I remember. So they, he signed, to, he signed out, I think, a six-year deal with like a two-eight-five million dollar cap hit. So I remember when he signed that contract a couple summers ago, I did the research on cap friendly, and I wanted to know, okay, how many players are signed to contracts of at least six years in length with a cap hit under three million dollars? There are two players in the NHL: mm. Cali Yarncroke, and Colton Sissons, <laughs> I I don't I mean I I like Colton like as a human being I love Colton Sissons I like the, I like his I like the way he plays the game he's a great dude yeah he's a solid player you know he is what he is but you know you can you, he works his bag off
0: you have to have Colton Sissons to win playoff games
1: but like did you really need to give him six years yeah probably not like that's what, that's what I'm saying but. Like, still, still a value. Callie Yarnkroak to me is the definition of a, of dead weight. Like, what does he do? <laughs> like, like I, I'm not. I am not going back into Ugh. time and doing the expansion drafting again. No, don't, no, no, don't. I am going no. to have to go to therapy for that. this based on what Predator's Twitter is talking about. Um, well, we
0: all need to go to therapy anyway. So. We, yeah,
1: I mean, I highly recommend it. Um, we
0: are pro therapy, anti eating children. Yes,
1: and whatever anti thing we were talking about before um <laughs> we're a lot of anti-bad things yeah, on the yeah. show Which is um Yo, anti- like bad he, like, things. what does he do like all right all he, right like he doesn't do anything particularly well like he's he's average at everything like it's like so like, i don't know i just so, like i'm over i'm gonna him. end
0: your i'm gonna end your rant here because you do this every week on the show you go <laughs> you go off on like a three-minute tangent but on why you don't people care listen? about Calian. that's true that's fair so you hear me so bitch about he, Cali Yarncroft? I want to define for people what the blow-up then looks like on the back end. So we are talking about, in our scenario here, you've got Forsberg, Duchesne, Arvidsson on the top line. And I would include Luke Cunnan into let let, let's see what the kids can do. Because I think he already is an established NHL player, but he is fairly young. So you're probably talking about, what, Tomasino, Cunning, and Tolvanen on the second line? Oh, man. That's that's Listen, if we're blowing this up and it's a rebuild and we're going to suck and we're going to take losses, kind of isn't that the about, line?
1: You kind of forget about Luke Cunningham in this. He is also a part of the youth movement. He's that's 20, what I'm saying. He's 23 years old. So isn't so that the second line? he's also part of a too. Yeah, it might be.
0: If you want to learn about these guys and Forest you want Berg, to build them.
1: Horsberg, Duchesne, Arvidsson, Cunningham, Cunningham,
0: Tomasino, Tolvanen. Yes, that is what you're looking at. You're going to lose a lot of games, but you're going to learn about what you got. Yes. Right? Third line. Leave it as is. Trennan, Olivier, McCarron. I don't have any problem with that because or
1: citizens, you know, or
0: citizens. Let them let them fly around and knock some heads off. Yeah, like I'm fine with those guys. Is there anyone else? Where, then you got what Yarn and Cousins and Pitlick on the third line. Like I, I don't know yeah. what. Who knows? I, I just outside of Tomasino and Tolvanen, I just don't see a lot of like high level quote unquote kids that we need to see. That's my problem with the blow it up and let the kids play thing. The, the, yeah, the other it's the other just thing, Tomasino and Tolvanen. The other at this thing point.
1: about like. Thomasino scored his first two professional goals yesterday. He played. You know they're playing the Predators prospects because the Milwaukee Admirals are not playing this season. They're playing with the Chicago Wolves. They're sharing the Carolina Hurricanes affiliate. He had two goals yesterday. Two first, two first professional goals. Good for him. I haven't. You know I saw the goals. They were nice. You know yeah. it's hard to evaluate a guy off of yeah. an eight second clip where he scores a goal because of course he's going to look good because he scored a goal. <laughs> but I'm also. I'm also wary of throwing him into this. Like, do you really want him to start now? Like I would, I would have him avoid any, you know, any of this, like, <laughs> like just the like, toxic waste. Just let, like, let the season play out and then hopefully, and then start, start fresh next year. So
0: really we're just talking about Tolvanen.
1: Tol Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, and, I, and, I would and, I, be, and if you want
0: to be critical of Heinz, Tolvanen showed signs of life, according to the metrics. More productive than most people, actually has an ability to score in the offensive zone and on the power play. And you bent and you put him on the taxi squad. That that's the first time where I looked at John Hines and I said, "What are we doing?" Yeah, that one doesn't make sense to me. So I don't know what you think of that move.
1: Well, that, that kind of goes back to what I was saying about Hines before. Like I I found his lineup on Tuesday to be a bit head scratching. Um, but like, but then the devil's advocate is, you know. How much of, how, like, Ellie Tolvanen, yeah, he had his chances. But what if he had made it, would, like, here's what you want to talk about where this team is. I talked about the roster. Think about the player, like, forget for a second. Well, let's look at Tampa. Forget for a second, Steven Stamkos, Anthony Cirelli, Braden Point, Andre Pilat, Tyler Johnson. Think <laughs> about, Nikita like, think drop. about their third line last <laughs> night. Their third line was, hold on. Their third line was Barkley Goudreau. Okay. Barkley Goudreau. Sounds like the villain in an 80s movie. It's a good name, though. Yeah. He, he's definitely double. He's definitely collar popping two polos at once <laughs> with the sweater tied around oh, his God. shoulders. Brutal. He's definitely the villain in an 80s movie. Like, like really, the club. really short
0: jean shorts. <laughs> oh, Barkley Goudreau. He's got jean shorts that have like the frayed edges and they're way, way up high. And he's got tube socks pulled up to his knees.
1: He, he's got the old school wooden tennis racket. Like <laughs> Anyway. Barkley Goudreau, Gian- yeah, How are you doing today? Hmm. Um, Yanni Gord and Blake Coleman. God, like, then look at the Predators' third yeah. line last night: Yakov Trenin, Michael McCarron, yep. and Matthew Olivier. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, here's the problem with the Predators: is there's no skill in their depth. I mean, hell, Matthew Joseph is the fourth line center for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and he had a hell of a goal last night. And he could be a second-line player for this this other team that we're talking about all the time.
0: In in a league where the fourth line has slowly but surely over time transitioned from a bunch of goons to, all right, maybe they need to score a little bit. Isn't that the direction of the game to some degree on the fourth line? That, like, all right, it's not just the same old killing power plays and killing penalties and defensive zone face-offs and, and blocking shots. Like, they're, occasionally you need to score, which actually is what made Austin Watson, ironically. So interesting and valuable as a fourth line player because he actually could give you like 10 12 goals in a season um all right anything else on the rebuild uh, i think we've laid it out like poil to the end of the year reevaluate heinz at the end of the year move a bunch of pieces that you can at the trade deadline try to get rid of johansson or Duchesne at the in the seattle expansion draft maybe you have a new coach and gm next season let all the kids play whatever that means mostly just tolvanen in our opinion I, i'm with you on bringing tomasino up too soon But I also am okay with playing time if that's what we're talking about here. Is that are Borovietsky and Benning pieces you could move? You move an Ekholm. Are you going to move up Borovietsky to play with Fabro, and then you move Carrier and Davies in? Like, how does that all work?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, like you have to think of you have to think of, um, you know, you have to think of the expansion. Like, there are certain there you have to have a certain you have to have players with a certain threshold of games and experience to leave exposed. And that's why like someone like Benning and Borvietsky are important. Yeah. Um, and it might give
0: you a chance to get a point or two.
1: <laughs> every <laughs> once in a while. Every once in a while.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's talk goaltending then, because you had a couple of uh, discussions on on Twitter sphere on Tuesday evening about this. I, I do think there are two major lines of thought on this, which is UC Saros is clearly going to be the starting goaltender probably for the next season or two until, Askaroff is ready to come up and, and, and make his NHL debut and be the goalie of the future. Unless you think Connor Ingram, who's obviously dealing with his own stuff right now, can can slide in sooner rather than later. Pekka feels like he's maybe the better goalie right now today, this very second. You feel, you feel, you feel very strongly that UC Saro should be given the, the, the reins and and told to, to, to get it done.
1: Yeah, so my tweet last night was basically that the Predators need to ride or die with UC Saros this season, and this is my rationale. I mean, UC's been in the league now for the past few years. He's had plenty of time to start. Um, his second half last season, after John became coach, you know, he was on the level of Connor Hellebuck, who won the Vesna, and Andre Vasilevsky, who won the Stanley Cup. Like statistically, he they were his peers. Um, and now you could say that was a you know a good two month stretch. But UC clearly has it in him to be a top goaltender from time to time. Is he an elite goaltender? No, he's not. You know. Is he a good, you know, good to possibly above average goaltender? Yes. even even if he have enough of a sample size for UC, I would much rather know for certain. What I have in a twenty-five-year-old than a thirty-eight-year-old known commodity who might retire at the end of the season, like if especially if you, if especially if you are uncertain about what this team, you know, this team's playoff chances, like I just I do not think. I mean, if you're trying to win games, I don't have the statistics in front of me. I test wise, Pekka has been better than UC this year. I think. I I think, I, the, di- I I think the difference statistically would be negligible um but so,
0: so here's my question why does it matter if you're gonna rebuild and trade all these pieces and you're blowing up the thing to, isn't sorrows just a holding spot until ask yes, two years comes around anyway? like
1: you need to know
0: for a team that's not gonna make the playoffs um right i mean like who i guess my question i, I agree with you my question is is what difference does it make
1: yeah i mean <laughs> um you know what i mean like yeah i mean i understand what you're saying but like you know, would you be comfortable having UC Saros, you know, and Connor Ingram as your tandem next year, or do you need to go out and sign like a James Reimer type?
0: If you're built, if you're rebuilding and you're letting kids play, and and again, I don't know what next year looks like. If if you've got a new GM and a new coach, and they're all going to try to rebuild the team and try to compete, then maybe yes, you need to go sign somebody. But if you're in full re, you know, full fledged rebuild mode where you have to tell the fan base this is going to take two or three years, isn't Askarov part of the rebuild? with with ingram not uc Soros. so i I don't know i just don't know how much it matters like if you're gonna lose a bunch of games (laughs) and you're not gonna be good and you're gonna trade all your good players away i'm just not sure how like for this year i don't know if it matters i think next year and it's not like uc Soros hasn't played adam like the guy's played like almost 130 games right so now i will disagree with one of the points somebody was making to you Actually, an old friend of ours, old friend of mine, was making a point to you that UC Saros is what he is, and I, all you have to do is go a couple hundred yards down Broadway and look at Ryan Tannehill, and see how you can change your who you are as a player in professional sports. It doesn't happen often, but UC Saros could become a, a better goaltender. He's had those flashes, as you alluded to. So, I, I I don't I don't necessarily think that he just is what he is already. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I mean, I still think there's room for him to grow. That's my right, point. Right, I agree with that. Pecorine is who he is. He's 38 years old. He's not going to get better. He He's going to get worse. That's what happens. Like, I just don't think it serves a purpose to ride Pecorine. I mean, I, you know, you can evenly split the starts if you want to, as opposed to giving more to UC. But I, I just – it doesn't make sense to me to, to, to have – Peck Arena be the number one, like the like the clear number one. Like, if you want to split it, you want to give you Peck a few, a, an extra start or two, fine. I just don't see, I just don't think it, there's a purpose. We know what he is. He's a, he, you know, he, I, that's, I mean,
0: I, I, I tend to agree with you. I tend to agree with you that if there's a chance that UC Saros could show improvement and become a more consistent, higher level player, like we've seen with flashes, letting him play it out, especially if you're not really this whole thing is under the lens of we're rebuilding and you're going to lose games. So I I don't know. I I think at that point you're right. It's probably ride with UC sorrows and let's see what happens until you can get a better piece in place. But that also could include a new, (laughs) a new GM, a new coach, new forwards, new defenseman. Like it could include a whole lot of new stuff. So uh, we shall see. All right. You want to lighten the mood here on the end of the show? Yes. Can we lighten the mood? Yes. The gold standard, the heavy gold standard brought to you by, jasper's by the way the queso on on sunday we had it's some of the best queso i've had in the city it, it does not weigh you down like other quesos so it's the light the, the queso weighs you down oh man like if you go get cheap bad queso that thing turns into a block in your stomach it's not pretty for the the uh, digestive tract there but mm-hmm. so the, so the light portion of the podcast is brought to you by jasper's queso just specifically the queso and and shout outs to jasper's of course all right reverse retros I here's, liked them. Here's my thought: they were way better on the ice than I anticipated. They remind me of Michigan. They gave me some college hockey, Bucci Maine feels. Did I say that right? College hockey. The you know Bucci Maine's college hockey. Yes, thing. John Bucci Grass. Yep. Yes. Um, I they gave me some college hockey vibes, which I like. I still think it should have been white instead of silver. If it was white instead of silver, I would have enjoyed it. Or even navy instead of silver. I w- just the silver bother. I don't like it. It's cheap. It's old. I, I know what they were... I, I just... I do like the college vibe, though. It had a college vibe on the ice. And the blue helmets I, I like as well.
1: Yes. those. I, you know what? It's one of those things where when you see a, when you see a jersey, you know, when, when they announce them and they're just on, like, random dudes and women, like models, <laughs> and you see them, you know, hanging in the team store or, or online... Or on fans. No, no disrespect to fans. You all look great in your reverse retro jerseys. Um, everybody's beautiful, as far as I'm concerned. Um, everybody's awesome. <laughs> yes, everything is awesome except for the Nashville Predators. Anyway, um, like you have to see them on the ice. Like I feel yep, like that's I agree. like, like to me, I still think the, uh, pardon my pun here, um, the Winter Classic jerseys are the gold standard mm. of Predators jerseys. I think they look great. I I, I it was agree the only this. thing that it was it's my only, favorite Predator's jersey of all time. It was the only thing that looked good about yeah. them on January first, twenty twenty. Um I think these are the second best. I I, what? Mean, I do. I do. What? Did you get any sleep last night? I had multiple people. You were
0: ripping on the reverse retros when they came out. I had
1: well, like I said you had to see them on the no, ice. I, you're
0: right, you're right.
1: I had multiple people ask me if I've been on drugs. I like I don't their take regular
0: drugs. I like their regular gold sweaters today better than the ones, the reverse retros. Okay. Now, I will say that I, I think it took me a minute to get used to the current gold jersey, but they, they, they quieted it down. They got rid of a lot of the noise, the piping, the Reebok stuff with the Adidas. And I think they, it took me a minute to understand it, but they're going for the branding. Gold on the, it's literally gold on the ceiling, gold everywhere. Like, I get why they're doing it. I would have, I, the problem is, is that you're reversing a Navy jersey. That's the problem. A true reverse from modern would be Navy. But that doesn't reverse the retro jersey and so then they're stuck in this sort of like weird place. So anyway, it was better than I anticipated. How about that? It's positive. Yes. It's the best thing I can say on the show today. Uh, do you want to talk some Patrick Line drama real quickly? Absolutely. Patrick Line drama took him four days, four games. And of course he's benched. Now the reports are that he I don't know, quote, mouthed off to a to a coach or whatever, a staff member. Got benched for about 26 minutes or so. Um, Number one, are we surprised by John Tortorella and Patrick Laine not getting along? Um, And number two, just a general question. I think I need, I don't like the term mouthed off in this way. I want to know specifically, like, was it just two competitors in a heated debate or was somebody being blatantly disrespectful? Do you know what I mean? Like I want to know the. There's a. To me, there's a big difference between those two things. If someone's just being a giant douchebag, giant douche, to someone who is sort of your superior,
1: I mean, a coach is your superior, right? Then I think. Then I
0: think that just makes you an a hole. (laughs) But if you are just a competitor and you guys disagree about something and you're sort of having a debate and it's just. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, isn't there a di- difference between those two things? And we all know Tortorella's got so, his, his M.O. So,
1: so. our uh, our Blue Jackets reporter, the uh, incomparable Aaron Portsline, this is from, from his analysis um, on the athletic in terms of, you know, this is in our, you know, our headline slash short form. Uh, he was asked about the effects of the benching. Quote, well, Tortorella got absolutely blistered across the hockey world, with most just assuming that the volatile coach was being unduly harsh on Laine for what amounted to defensive lapses. This is a player not known for his defensive prowess. Laine will challenge for the Richard Trophy, not the Selkie. Surely the Blue Jackets knew this before they acquired him, right? Now, though, people (laughs) may be more sympathetic to Tortorella. This wasn't him singling out a star player and benching him for no good reason. No player, regardless of salary or skill level, should get away with, quote-unquote, verbally disrespecting another member of the team. Tortorella had to act. He had to defend his coaches and set early ground rules for his newest player. And then he goes, any reason for long-term concerns? Aaron, it will be very interesting to watch this play out. The Blue Jackets will practice on Wednesday at Nationwide Arena, but it's unclear if Lane will be made available to the media. He apolog- of course not. It's the if, NHL. They're if soft. he apologizes and acknowledges poor behavior, I think the Blue Jackets, Reed, Tortorella, and Laine will move on pretty quickly. But if Laine doesn't feel he did anything wrong and feels he could be he's being unfairly singled out, this could linger or get ugly. Remember, now Laine is a restricted free agent this summer. The Blue Jackets really want to keep him happy because they want to sign him to a long term contract. This has the potential to be a good, really a really good relationship, but will first have to survive a rocky start. Yeah.
0: There you go. Go read the article. Yes, although he, that, you don't that, have to. I'm that, just read not, it to you.
1: <laughs> well, no. There's Aaron has written a more in-depth yeah. article. I think that that's, that is the the cliff notes version.
0: I think that's right. Like again, if 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 Line a did something wrong, just say, hey, man, I did something wrong. If if Line a didn't, then you know, Torts is going to look like kind of a Tortorella. <laughs> well, I <laughs> so. think
1: the Tortorella thing, like, look, his his
0: reputation precedes him, so. right?
1: But here, but no, I'm um, here's my slight defense of John Tortorella. I think the histrionics in New York with the Rangers. Um, you know, his, his ill-fated year as coach of the Canucks, uh, you know, him like charging the, the Calgary flames dressing room, like that kind <laughs> of stuff. That. Like that's that defines the narrative of John Tortorella. um, I don't think, I, I mean, but like players do like, there are a lot of players who do like playing for John Tortorella. So sometimes I think that Tortorella factor is overblown. Like no one likes to play for John Tortorella. That's not true. But there is, I mean, based on what Aaron is reporting, because of course I've never covered John Tortorella, but I do, th- I mean, there is some truth to it. Like I, I it's, he is right, not, right. he is not without, he's not unimpeachable. But I, but like I feel like, the, the, you know, it's blown perhaps a bit out of proportion. Well, listen,
0: he's a hard coach to play for sometimes. And if you're, again, there's lots of different things here at play with line A. Like if you're, if you're going to get benched for some defensive issues, like I almost, it's, it's strange. Like I sort of understand that too. But like you said, you know, who who you have to know who you're acquiring when you're going and trading for a guy that doesn't particularly play all that great hockey and the defensive end of the ho- of the rink. We'll keep an eye on it. Either way, it's good for the Preds that there's drama somewhere else. We'll we'll see. Uh, all right, quickly before we wrap up here, uh, Central Division power rankings go. Who you got at first place? I need to pull up this this, the, this. No, no. This this is not about the standings. This is about who's Tampa. the best. Who's the best team in the Central today? Tampa. Duh. I agree. Who's the, This is the tough one. Who is the second best team in the division today? Don't overreact to, to to Florida winning a bunch of games against the Predators. Chicago.
1: What? They're on a roll, baby. I think they've. I you think, think
0: they are the second best team in the Central? I think division. they have
1: points in ten of their last eleven games.
0: Power rankings. Patrick Kane is power un- rankings right are now. about
1: what? Like snap current decisions. To me, they're playing really well. I mean, they had they're six four and four, which isn't the best record, but they're they I think they're six one and four in their last eleven games or something like that. So, or something ridiculous to that effect. So, in terms of who's playing well right now, I I give the edge to Chicago.
0: I I, I guess we just evaluate, I guess we just use power rankings in a different way because I, I look at power rankings as sort of like who's the best team in 2021, and we I take the the information that we've learned over the course of the couple of weeks and I make very small tweaks because I'm not I'm not prisoner to the. To the surge or whatever of, of the moment, I, I, I have. Car- I think Carolina is the second best team in the division. I mean, I they, most
1: likely, but I, I, I For so, I'm just giving like. Okay. Sh- Chicago's right. got my attention right okay. now. That's so-
0: it took me this long, but I will put Florida at number three.
1: Okay, I would have. I would have Carolina at three. Okay, Florida at four.
0: I would have Dallas at four, because again, I'm not overreacting to a short burst of solid hockey by Chicago. That's what I'm saying here
1: dallas at four i think we both agree that nashville is seven and detroit is eight <laughs> that that is true okay so i have I've got
0: detroit eight and nashville seven
1: i have tampa and they get
0: to play for the right to be last next week oh god coming up this week
1: <laughs> if 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 they do not win those games against detroit next week when we're on this show like yeah it's bad it's gonna be bad um i would have tampa one chicago two carolina three florida four dallas five Columbus, 6, Nashville, 7, Detroit,
0: 8. Tampa, 1, Carolina, 2, Florida, 3, Dallas, 4, Columbus, 5, Chicago, 6. Oh,
1: quite the difference there.
0: Nashville, 7, Detroit, 8. Adam's a smarter hockey person, so listen to him. Uh, That's debatable. Um, uh, Special thanks, of course, to our wonderful sponsor, Jaspers, for hanging out with us here and providing us the opportunity to yell and scream about the Nashville Predators. It It really wasn't that heated, though, Adam. I thought it was fairly you know it was a fairly chill relaxing podcast even though some heavy subject matter so sort of like an evening at jasper's your your neighborhood sports bar to go hang out and watch the game drink a gold standard cocktail on west end you got uh free parking have i mentioned that and of course wonderful wonderful food a menu by deb paquette who is a brilliant brilliant chef uh, in the market from Fortop Hospitality, three decades of experience that company does delivering great food. So go to Jasper's, hang out, order yourself a gold standard, go to The Athletic, pay for good journalism, subscribe there as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Adam, where can people follow you? On
1: Twitter at Adam Vingen.
0: There you have it, everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. This has been the gold standard on the 440 Sports Network.